What's up, everybody? It's Josh here and Nathan Simmons. And this is for new eyes only, the Bond retrospective podcast where I am watching the movies for the first time. And I am not. I've watched them a bunch, (laughs) especially this one. Holy shit. From Russia with love, Josh. So, okay, I want to I want to go ahead and start this off with a bang. I wish yeah. I would have been videoing my response to this movie. <laughs> um, uh-huh. I, 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 Doctor No was probably wasn't in the best scenario for watching that one because I watched it in my office while I was working. I watched mm. it a few times. I think I got what I needed to get out of it. Sure, but this one, I uh, had a free night. Asked my wife, "Hey, do you want to watch From Russia with Love with me?" She's like, "Sure." She's seen some of them, but not all of them. Has Jenny Liu seen more Bond movies than you have? I'm sure she has. Her dad loves Bond. That that's so, cool. Okay, yeah, all right, yeah. right on. So, and I mean, she she loves Sean Connery. Of course, the ladies love mm. Sean Connery. But uh, um, <laughs> <laughs> a problematic fave, to be sure. <laughs> yeah, I think we'll talk about a little bit of that in this. But we sure will. Uh, I turned it on, and I was like, the only thing you really need to know is Bond killed Doctor No in the last movie, and that's going to lead into this one. Yeah. That's really the gist of it. And mm-hmm. uh, I want to go ahead and start by saying we have our little segment at the end of every episode where I'm going to guess what the next movie <laughs> is about. Yeah. And I got to say, if you listen to our last episode, I hit the fucking nail on the head. You did. Like, <laughs> I, I, you can see my reaction in the clip, too, because I, I was literally just like. Is yeah, he, is he watched this shit already. Like, <laughs> and I like I want to be as genuine as possible. I did yeah. not did not read or watch or anything. I was that was literally like the best thing I could come up with. I was like that yeah. makes sense to me. So, and yeah, I I think I texted you after we were done recording the last episode, and I was like, holy shit, dude. Like, yeah, <laughs> you you got like you predicted uh, Romanova and Red Grant somehow. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. And, and to, to give the, the listeners or, and whoever's watching the gist of it, if you haven't watched that episode, we suggest you go back and watch it or listen mm-hmm. to it. But I said, after killing Dr. No, Spectre is going to hire a Russian operative to go after Bond while they do what they need to do within Spectre. Mm-hmm. Pretty, Pretty much what's going on here. Pretty good. <laughs> uh, and to, to put a finer point on it, uh, I guess I can try to summarize the, the elevator pitch of the plot in 007 seconds or less. Yeah, let's do it. Hang on. Let me get my uh, timer ready sure. here. Sure. All right. We're going to do just like last time. Three, two, one, go. Three. All right. Two, one. Oh, I thought you were going to say go. Oh, oh sorry. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> Hold on, we're going to reset. Can you right. imagine if James Bond did that, where he's like, no, that's not fair. <laughs> you were supposed to give me a head start. <laughs> Money, Penny. All right, three, two, one, go. Spectre sends its deadliest agent after James Bond, who is working with a Russian defector to recover a vital cipher machine. Boom. 6.6 seconds. Woo. You are coming in under the wire Woo. on these, buddy. Yes, sir. But you're doing it, and that's what I like. Well, I had to get the words cipher machine in there because I, <laughs> I, I felt like if I had the words specter and lector in the same sentence, I would fuck it up. <laughs> <laughs> this is our first cold open. Yes. Like and our first genuine cold open. Yeah. And I have to say that as soon as this movie opened, 
Sure. I, I was watching it and I, I texted you right away and I said, this is already 10 times better than Dr. No. <laughs> sure. And uh, not just because it has one of your favorite actors in it. Yeah. And that's why I wish I was taping my reactions to, to watching this movie, because as soon as Robert Shaw showed up on the screen, I was like, yeah. oh, shit. <laughs> He's great in this movie, too. Uh it, doesn't have a line of dialogue for the first hour and 20 minutes. That was one of my notes. I think, uh, I think about 20 minutes in, I was like, is he going to talk the entire yep. movie? Like, tell me if you think uh, I'm way off here. I think it's fascinating that red grant this, you know, uh, brutal killing machine that has been brainwashed by specter to, to, to be a blunt instrument for them mm -hmm. looks a lot like Daniel Craig as James Bond. <laughs> You got a point. I didn't. I didn't put that together. But now that you <laughs> say it, especially once he gets that nice, like, slim cut suit towards yeah. the end, I man, I I love it. And I love the way it kind of throws you right in on this cold open. You mm -hmm. see, you see Bond. You see someone tailing Bond, and you don't really know what's going on at all. And Bond is he's there's something off about him. He's got this weird little like skittish grin on his face. Like they they do these nice little hints to let you know that it's not all up and on the up and up. And a lot of makeup on his face. <laughs> a lot of makeup on his face, especially, yeah. And, yeah, Bond is killed yeah. by, by the guy tailing him, and they pull off his suddenly very fake face. <laughs> yeah, that's something you got to love in all the spy movies, oh, though, sure. is how, how fake it looks once they do pull it off. It always know? cracks me up, even in the Mission Impossible movies. Every time Ethan Hunt, like, takes off a mask, I was like, you were just running around like Ryan Gosling at the end of Drive, like, in the Russian consulate. <laughs> like, what are you doing? <laughs> Yeah, and uh, so yeah, it's a little shocking to kind of start with mm -hmm. that, and then you you know you get that hot shot with Red taking taking Bond out, and you're like, oh, this yeah. is you know obviously Bond's not dead, but and that you know. incredible reveal when the lights come up. I mean, it's pitch black, and then the camera zooms in. A director Terrence Young returning after mm -hmm. uh, Doctor No, and the all those floodlights come up, and immediately you you see you know everyone that's been watching this this war game. Uh, and you, that's how we find out that uh, Spectre uses live targets, and they will reiterate that later on as well. <laughs> did did uh, did uh, did Jason goes to hell rip off the beginning of this movie? I, <laughs> same thought. I swear, I, I really, I really did. I by the way, that is my favorite, well, second favorite opening sequence of any Friday the Thirteenth movie. <laughs> my favorite is the one that is literally a Bond gun barrel sequence with yep. Jason Voorhees. <laughs> Bond has been like Bond has been within the DNA of J of uh, Friday the Thirteenth from Absolutely. the get go. You know, yeah. oh for uh, sure. Um, and then we get the um, the the, the uh, orchestral uh, opening. Uh, mm -hmm. We still don't get a you know a proper theme song, vocal theme song over the opening credits. Um, but uh, from Russia with Love, the song was um, was written by Lionel Bart, who was most famous for writing the musical Oliver. And they, the, the, the John Barry and the producers all kind of decided together, um, we're not going to bring Monty Norman back. We're going to just keep his, we'll keep, <laughs> we'll keep the Bond theme because clearly that, that shit rips. Yeah. But we'll get someone else to like write a, a legitimate like torch song for this. And we do get the song over the end credits, and I, I think the song rules. There is a brief moment in the movie where it plays mm -hmm. like through the streets of Istanbul oh, or something like that. There's yeah, there's a couple of those. There's one moment where um when we first meet when we first see Bond, someone in a gondola is playing it on their 
uh, stereo and a lady like leans over and switches it off. Okay. Yeah. Which right. is like uh, the, I, which is fascinating. I love, you know, we got to hear Bond sing underneath the mango tree last time. And this time it's like diegetic to the film. <laughs> I, I, I almost thought he was going to start singing again whenever he was in the office with money penny and oh, they're yeah, rubbing yeah. their heads together and darling money penny. You know, I never even look at another woman. Those two, uh, you know, I, I'm interested to see the relationship between he and Money Penny moving forward. It's interesting. I mean, you. This is the one where you, I mean, he he flirted with her a bit in the last one. This is mm-hmm. the one where you get the vibe that oh, she's his work wife. Yeah, like they like they're just like they, they're they're thick as thieves, and I I love that. And she's very interested in all of his little adventures. She mm-hmm. wants to know about all the girls he's meeting. <laughs> like she's <laughs> like they have little gossip time, and I love that. Well, before we completely leave the opening credits, I do want to comment on the belly dancers in there and how the the credits move choice. over the belly dancing. <laughs> Sometimes it's hard to tell what you're looking at. Yeah. Um, <laughs> like, I can't imagine being like the art director and just like my name is going like this the right. whole time. Um, but it does it does more so than Dr. No kind of set the precedent that we will have, you know, these these kind of sensual opening titles. This one I think goes a little, little too much in the direction of look at these women. Um, but I, 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 I like, I, I like the idea. They were, they're clearly like trying out different stuff. Yeah. And well, what I also thought is strange about it is I like, okay, how does this tie into the movie? And it's literally just from the middle section where they're in Istanbul. Yeah. In the, and in the Romani camp. Yeah. And you know why that was chosen for the opening sequence Right. I and don't not know. <laughs> like the, I mean, I, I guess it's probably, it says more, ooh, cool, intrigue, uh, sexy, spy time than like, you know, if they just, they shot a bunch of stuff at the museum. Yeah. <laughs> they, <you know. laughs> I don't know. They're in Karen Bay's house. <laughs> um, but yeah, we, we get the, the Grandmaster Championship. I, can you imagine, I, I mean, I don't, I don't want to like shit on chess masters, but like, uh, sitting in this audience like every single time there's a move everyone's just like oh <laughs> <laughs> um well apparently this game like they based this scene off of a popular chess game that was they, won. they used yeah they used like a real series of moves from mm-hmm. a from a, a recent like grandmaster match um this is where we're introduced to kronstein uh from specter who receives a secret message with the octopus logo on it it's great and he immediately makes the move that wins, like yeah. which tells you he was eight steps ahead and could have won at any time. Which uh, is it's such a it's a great nonverbal introduction to this character, and an interesting contrast considering how he ends up in this movie. <laughs> no kidding. Yeah. Uh, no. Yeah. Exactly. Um, and yeah, I love I love our little scenes that is just like, all right, every uh, Spectre, let's all get together and have our little powwow. And uh, we're introduced to Rosa Klebb, mm-hmm. who, uh, you know, will inspire a long line of, of uh, female second in commands. And it, I think is probably a, 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 an inspiration for uh, Frau Fabissina from. I was uh, going to make that Dustin comment. Hours. I was like, I think this is where that gen- the genesis of that came from. Right. Oh, for sure. And, and she's. I think her uh, uh, Lada Lenya is just fascinating in this movie. Um, the the character in the book, 
is problematic to say the least. There's a, there are a few hints in this movie that she um, is, uh, is attracted to mm-hmm. Ram- Romanova. But I have a in, note. I have a note because yeah. in the, in, in the, uh, the interview, when yes. she pulls her in for the interview, I was like, is she coming She's, on to her? There's a little bit of that. And, and <clears throat> Ian Fleming, uh, as I mentioned a bit in passing in the last uh, episode, um, had uh, some uh, problematic uh, issues with, uh, um, I'll just straight out say it, uh, Ian Fleming had some issues with homosexuals. Mm-hmm. And he he sort of hints in the novel that, um she's perfect for this job because she is this like cold unfeeling lesbian i mean it's wow it's it's not straight up said in the book but ian fleming doesn't really fuck with subtext like like, (laughs) so um i think the character is is improved in the translation to the screen and i think that the there's there's things in this book this movie is actually very close to the book but the things it chooses to change mostly improve on the source material yeah um one thing i found interesting about studying up about the book and i actually yeah. watched i watched an interview with ian fleming that was yeah. that was on the blu-ray what a um, trippy guy to hear speak huh? oh wow how do you feel about the uh the kind of novel that has uh, great sexual detail and an entirely promiscuous cast well i must say of course i'm a certain age so that the whole thing rather stale news to me, but uh, uh, I think it's unnecessary, really. I think you can convey sex uh, without using raw words very much better than you can than by using them. Uh, wow. He's something else, did, man. Have you seen the, the, did you see the interview where he talks about coming up with Bond's name? No. Where he's, he says, he says, I, I chose the name James Bond because it was so dreadfully boring. Like, <laughs> I, I could have called him something with more romantic overtures like Peregrine Carruthers. <laughs> <laughs> Which I wish we had like 60 years of Peregrine Carruthers movies. <laughs> <laughs> but one of the th- I found him very interesting within this mm-hmm. interview because as as you lead on, he's, he's a, a weird individual. And the fact that the books were so notorious for being very violent and, and pushing the envelope with a lot of things. Um, But within the interview, this person, the person who's interviewing him, asked him something about, you know, using curse words and whatnot. He's like, you yourself referred to the fact that you don't use the Anglo-Saxon four letter words. Uh, I take it you disapprove of that in literature? I suppose it's some streak of my Scottish Puritan forebears, but, um, I don't like seeing them on the page somehow. I don't. I use quite a lot of them when I'm playing golf, for instance. I, I've seen that interview where he he says it's it's lazy, it's yeah. something like that, and I'm just like, well, you're you're still doing some. <laughs> right. That's what Where's I thought was line? pretty funny about it. Was like, okay, you're you're it's you're very in the... uncivilized to put swear words in there, but I I will do all of these things. Right. Yeah. And um, you know, it was interesting for me. I found out that uh, John Kennedy. Well, it was like his number nine book of the year, the year it came yeah. out. This was the last film he watched before he went to Dallas. It yeah. screened in the White House. So interesting stuff there. And uh, <laughs> one thing that kind of got me on like the sort of pretentious sort of side that Ian Fleming mm-hmm. had was, you know, the interview is asking him about, you know, are, are Bond's dislikes in the books your dislikes? And he's like, yes, they are. Yeah. Are you given to many and strong dislikes? 
I think so. They were sort of foibles, you know, but um, tea I regard as practically the downfall of the British Empire and, and uh, tie with the winds or not, I find much too tidy. I think, you know, it shows that the man is rather vain, I think, if he uses the winds or not to his tie. No, he, uh, there's so many things in those books where you're just like, well, Ian Fleming is just telling us what his breakfast order is. Yeah, yeah. You know, a yogurt with figs, black <laughs> coffee. <laughs> you know? And he has a very big distaste for tea. He thinks tea is the worst thing. The there, there is a whole monologue. There's a whole section in either Casino Royale or Live and Let Die, the novel, where Bond just talks about how, like, tea is like a symbol of weakness. <laughs> he said, like, well, I won't drink. well, to quote in, in Fleming in that interview, he said, ah. tea, he's like, tea is the fall was the fall of the British empire. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yeah. I mean, so. I, I fuck with tea, but I, okay, go for it. <laughs> um, well, what do you think he thinks about Japanese fighting fish? <laughs> One thing I saw in the behind the scenes is they had this was obvious. This was a troubled production. I didn't know that. Yeah. Um, yeah. They were rewriting it while they were filming it. And I don't think they I don't think anybody was, you know, expecting the success Dr. No had. But therefore, mm -hmm. this one went straight into production. And, yeah, you know, it comes out a year after. And I was really blown away about some of the stuff that happened during this production. Um, yeah. But uh, interesting thing about the fight, the fighting fish scene is when when um when Cleb comes in to get her orders from number one, uh, mm -hmm. you know, she's looking at the fighting fish and that entire scene is ran backwards because there was a problem with the filming. Uh, a lot of stuff oh. they had to do in post. There's a particular scene where she's talking to... The only decent shot I had of the set background was a sort of medium shot of Lottie. And what I suggested was, why don't we make a plate out of that, do it back projection and project the plate? It's because she'll be in front of herself and she'll mask herself. Hunt tries more innovative ideas. For this shot, he reverses the film so that Lottie Lenya moves toward the fish tanks then later plays the exact same shot forward. Terence Young applauds the unconventional solutions. Because the production yeah. was so rushed, um, they had to cut all these corners to get certain shots. And meanwhile, they were adding scenes. They were adding scenes with Red Grant throughout the movie because they were just like, oh, well, we should probably make him more of a presence. Which honestly, uh, so I don't know. I don't know if he really needed to be in the movie more. Um, you know, I kind of yeah. like that he's just sort of this figure. He's almost a Michael Myers in the background of this movie. I, I, yes. Yeah. I love, I, I actually do like when he saves Bond in the camp. Yes. Because it's very much a, this is my kill kind of mm -hmm. moment. Um, I, I think, I think one of the things you do lose from the book is, uh, you know, they, they do describe uh, Red Grant as a homicidal paranoiac who was susceptible to their conditioning, uh, which we learn when we, they visit Specter Island. <laughs> they and, have a fucking island. And I love, um, absolutely love the training area. Like, oh, it's, oh my God, it's, it's like, so great. But, this has to be where this originated from in all the movies I've ever seen. The, like, the the flamethrower the guy that's just going ham with a flamethrower yeah. against a brick wall in the background is my favorite what, what, um, which again he, <laughs> more stuff they lifted in austin powers for sure of course oh yeah and uh it, it well and it's so funny because we're seeing the, like some of these bond tropes 
from the villain's perspective before we see Bond do it. Like at this point, Bond still hasn't really had a Q scene. Right. Uh, you know, he he gets he gets a new gun in Doctor No. And mm-hmm. in this one, they're like, look at all the shit we have. Um, and Red Grant in the novel uh, has a much more developed backstory and is a serial killer mm-hmm. who um, was obsessed with murdering people by the full moon. Uh, and so like, that was like this really cool. Yeah. This, so he would like time his kills around the full moon. And that's why he like took his time intercepting bond and all this stuff. Um, yeah. I mean, you can kind of see like how he's trying to, he's moving through almost like through the quote unquote shadows throughout this entire movie. He is, he's almost a slasher villain for the first half of this movie. Uh, I mean, there's that great bit where, you know, I mean, they, they decide that they're going to, uh, they're going to trick Bond into, you know, thinking that uh, Tanya is defecting and wants to give him this cipher machine that they need to, to decipher all of these uh, enemy codes. And mm-hmm. and they're like, well, he's going to see through it. And Kronstein says, well, the British see a trap as a challenge. <laughs> <laughs> and and their whole plan is is hinged on they'll probably send their best guy. Mm-hmm. So let's make sure we kill James Bond. Um, but yeah, this walk through the training area is excellent. They're using live rounds. Rosa Club like recoils when someone like touches her shoulder. Mm-hmm. Um, and she slips on brass knuckles, dude. He seems fit enough. Have him report to me in Istanbul in 24 hours. <laughs> it just starts wailing on red. Uh, who doesn't who barely flinches like no at at all she puts tanya through way more rounds than she Mm -hmm. does to red grant because she she like has her like do a little turn on the catwalk she asks her you know basically do you think james bond is attractive how many lovers have you had it's this really tense and invasive sequence Mm -hmm. Um, and i love that she's you know smart enough to recognize what does this matter why are you questioning me about these things it it shouldn't matter for my job and i think daniela bianchi is really great in this uh she she plays what's it this is another case of uh you know an actor being dubbed through the entire film now Mm -hmm. um she she's dubbed by uh barbara jefford from the royal shakespeare company um but like the the it's just interesting to me how well the performance holds together. I think, I think Tatiana is not the strongest character. True. Uh, I think she's, I think she's finding levels that aren't in the script. If that makes sense, especially in this first scene where she essentially is just like, I'm, I'm done with you. Like to stop talking to me like this, mm-hmm. you know, and, and Cleb says from now on, you will do anything he says. And if I refuse, then you will not leave this room alive. There is some some dire, you know, dire consequences put on her yeah. from the get-go. And she she doesn't know that she doesn't know that Cleb yeah, is is a turncoat either. Right. Like there's all these different levels that are being played. And I it, this is a movie that I think rewards rewatches because as straightforward as a lot of the plot is the espionage of it all uh the, there's doubles and triple agents yeah. on every side that's what i was going to get to with this one is while it 
is definitely more exciting going in. I'm having a yes. lot more fun with this one than I did with Dr. No. Yeah. Um, I'm loving what I'm seeing. I'm, I'm glad that I'm seeing characters that I saw in the last movie come back. Mm-hmm. I also was like, she's back when I saw Sylvia Trench. And oh, sure. So yeah. Sadly, was, her last appearance. <laughs> oh, you spoiled uh, it for me. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, but I, I feel like like their, their plan was, oh, we're going to have this running gag where Bond's girlfriend is uh, is bummed out that he has to go on another mission, or his his gal pals bummed that he has to go on another right. mission, and as a result, Sylvia Sylvia's character feels very different in this movie too. She doesn't seem as assertive to me, but you do get a couple of repeats of gags like, "Well, I've just been reviewing an old case." Oh, so I'm an old case now, am I? Shh, it's the office. I'll be there in an hour. I'll tell him. Hey. Your old case sounds interesting, James. Uh, make that an hour and a half. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree with you. There's so many, there's so much extra stuff going on, especially in terms of the spy craft in this movie. Not just because we get some gadgets here, but because like, yeah. th- there's, you know, the 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 thrust of uh, Karim Bay's plot line is that you know, uh, Red Grant is turning all of these different agencies against each other who mm-hmm. all come to believe that they're just kind of operating in harmony. Yeah. Uh, they're, they're, yeah, there's some fascinating stuff here. I, um, uh, James loves tossing that little hat. M has absolutely no time. I was going to ask you about that because it's been t- twice yeah. now in both movies. Yeah. Is that another running gag that goes throughout the movies? For, for a little while. Yeah. Okay. Uh, especially Connery, uh, really enjoys it because uh, Connery Connery's Bond is more of a hat guy. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, don't, I don't see Roger Moore wearing a lot of hats. Right, <laughs> right. No, absolutely not. Not with that hair. Um, and I, I do, I do like the concept that like Spectre wants them to see through this trap. So the way they pitch it to them is. Um, this agent only wants to defect if she can deal with James Bond because she's heard of his exploits, thinks he's awesome, and thinks he's crazy handsome. Uh, in the book, it's it's definitely played more as a, oh, this is a girl with a crush, so mm-hmm. of course I got to go help her. In the movie, I think it's played a lot more winking and knowingly. Like M, ha- inter- M entertains it for a second where he has that line of... Uh, you know, girls do fall in love with pictures of film stars, but immediately he's like, well, obviously it's a trap. So that's yeah. why we're sending you with some kit. <laughs> that was what I was kind of going into this, watching it the first time. I, I was like, okay, we've got the, this is what I've kind of been worried about with Bond films too, is how convoluted the plots can get. And right. what, 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 what our oh, actual, wait. what yeah. our actual end game for this movie is yeah. and, you know, moving forward. And so that's naturally kind of how I felt first time watching this is like, okay, I understand they need to get the lector and I yeah. don't, I don't know why it's so important that they get the lector, but um, it's, it's more of a, it's more of a MacGuffin. It really doesn't factor into the plot too much other than like they need it. You know yeah. I mean? It, it, I mean, it the is real something that they will use to decode enemy transmissions and stuff like that. But at the yeah. end of the day, it is literally, they might as well say, Oh, we got to get the Tesseract. I think when you really nail it down to the, the core here, it's really just, we have to kill bond. It's a, this is an attempt to kill bond. And I, yes. I'm, I'm afraid that that's really the, the core theme of every one of these early movies is really just, hmm. let's take out bond. Um, 
then I, th- I think you'll have fun with the next one because uh, I, I feel like the villain in that movie really doesn't give a shit about Bond until he has to. Okay. Well, <laughs> so I, 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 which I enjoy. Um, um, but this, this whole plot was a little convoluted for me. I was having a little bit of trouble sure. following what exactly, you know, again, it's what exactly they the needed watch. the lecture for. And, mm-hmm. you know, obviously they, they knew that it was going to be obvious that they were sending yeah. and then Bond knew that she was a spy. And so I was like, okay, I'm a little, I'm, I'm having fun watching this, but I don't yeah. really know what we're going for here. There's a, there's a great uh, comic relief sketch that the BBC did uh, years ago. That was um, a parody of Dr. Who called the curse of fatal death. It stars Jonathan price and uh, Rowan Atkinson. Naturally I anticipated your journey back in time. And so I traveled slightly further back and bribed the architect first. Or so you think. Naturally, I anticipated your traveling back in time, so I traveled back in time to an even further point. And I bribed the architect first. And that's a whole <laughs> lot of what the first 20 minutes of this movie is. Like, yeah. Well, no, I, obviously, we, we, we don't expect number one to do this, and Kronstein's going to be here. But of course, it's all going to be a double blind, dear boy. Like, there's so much of that in this movie. Well, I mean, you've you've got, you've got, you got what is it uh, you got specter you've got smirsh yeah. involved here at this point and right. which so you know smirsh is kind of was was kind of created for the films to replace uh specter was created for the films to replace smirsh right. which uh, as as because the the producers didn't really want to make a um a comment on the cold war they were like if we create a fictional evil organization mm-hmm. then we can say oh these are the like these guys are crazy bad you know right and to the point where like specter will make references to smash sort of saying like you know oh well we're we're actually playing them off of you know these people and there's there's always a bigger game at play right uh, you know there's that great moment at the end where uh, you know, Bond asks Red, you know, what he's going to tell his superiors at Smirsh. Of course, Spectre. That's the real shit, you know. Yeah. <laughs> like, um, but I, yeah, I, I, I love it because you do, you do get that. Uh, it, it dips the toe into real world issues and then kind of mm-hmm. jumps immediately back out for crazy spy time. But um, I mean, if that wasn't a plot set up enough for us with setting up Smirsh, uh, you know, uh, Spectre disguised as Smirsh and all of this stuff, then you get into, uh, you know, the Russian spy aspect of it, her being, uh, you know, wanting to wanting to convert over and is only interested mm-hmm. in Bond. But then you get to Istanbul, which is where their <laughs> chorale is going to happen. And then you're introduced to more characters there, more, yes. more background Russian operatives, and their extended families. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, okay, like, yeah, I, I think the whole, the whole camp section of the movie could be removed and you wouldn't lose anything. Um, except for some very problematic shit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, <laughs> we're going to get to that. Uh, yeah. but I do like the character, um, Karen Bay, Karen Bay. Um, he rules. Yeah, I, I love Bay is one of my favorite characters in the series. Yeah, I love the relationship between he and Bond throughout all of this. Mm-hmm. And but I mean, again, like you get a lot of this spy espionage sort of stuff of them going 
into uh, into the underground of the building, taking the boat under oh, and, sure. and spying on the Russians with a fucking periscope, which is so funny. <laughs> yeah, and and I and I like I like all that stuff, and but it is it is very much like okay, well, we the audience know what's happening, so now we need two other characters to discover what's happening. Yeah, which is it's helpful for us also to have stuff spelled out a little bit more, especially mm-hmm. when you're dealing with layers upon layers. But when you're rewatching it, you're just like, oh, no, I fucking know. <laughs> right well that was um, kind of what was confusing when they're spying on the russians yeah. and they're like oh sure. I, I can't see what they're saying because i can't see his face and i'm like oh yeah. i was like okay maybe that's going to be kronstein that's what's going to tie all this together nope it completely a, different operative different yeah guy. completely different yeah. guy that i have not met yet <laughs> but it, it all it all ties together with red grant pitting the russians against mm-hmm. against everyone else and and uh i i i think it's really fun but it is a it's a whole lot to take in on a first watch for sure um what is what i i love um you know is before we before we get too far into istanbul um we get bonds essentially his first gadget of the series yes. and the first appearance of desmond llewellyn as q mm-hmm. it's a great um, great scene uh, it's I'm, fun. Yeah. I'm watching it going, this could be something that could be a, a very grave mistake if someone made it. turns it the wrong way. Yeah. yeah. Or yeah. You go through airport secure. I mean, thank God there was like no security back in the day. Cause like everybody, like everybody would end up stabbing themselves while they're like going through his luggage. Um, yeah, no, I, I love it. It's 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 stripped down. It feels realistic. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a suit. I mean, he's got ammunition hidden in the sides. Mm-hmm. He's got a knife that pops out of one side, a folding sniper rifle that just goes in the case. Yeah, just, <laughs> 50 just in gold there. sovereigns <laughs> in case he needs some walking around money. Um, but I, and I love the magnetized uh, uh, clutch that shoots uh, tear gas talcum powder mm-hmm. that explodes if you don't open the catches like this the right way. Um, and and Q is very much just like here, here. Look at this. All right, look there. Press this. <laughs> goodbye. What like you it's, it's what, what you have here? An ordinary can of talcum powder. <laughs> you know, yes. Very matter oh, of fact so about great. it. <laughs> yes, and and it's so wild that this would be his. This is his first appearance out of like seventeen movies. Like he, like they were just they just kept bringing Desmond Llewellyn back for this character. Nice. Uh, uh, and I I love him so much um the uh it, it we at james uh gives us the title of the movie after he very cryptically tells money penny let me tell you the secret of the world <laughs> and then he writes the title on the photo for her i have a question uh, here yeah and i'm really glad you brought this up okay why, why does he write it backwards i think i you know I have no idea. I think maybe he was writing with love and then he was like, oh, this will be funny. But I think what it really boils down to is uh, someone working on the movie thought that would be very clever. <laughs> I think that's literally all there is to it. I found it very confusing. I was like, people don't write odd. this way. What the hell's happening? No, no, no I, uh, but I, um, I, I, and people also don't talk the way that they do when Bond uh, arrives at the airport. There, there's a lot of scenes in this movie that feel like, um, you know what worked in Doctor No? Let's just do those scenes again. Mm-hmm. So we have Bond arrive at the airport, does a little bit of like, I do love that he is he's already learned from his experience getting tailed and getting into the wrong car mm-hmm. in uh, Doctor No. So they have like a little call sign that they say to each yeah. other before he leaves with them. 
Um, but we get, you know, there's there's still like two or three checking in at the hotel. And so uh, many, scene. so many music stings in this one. Like oh, every yeah. every time we cut to a new scene, almost within this first half hour, it's just I love. This, you know, there's there's one bit where he like walks, just walks through the lobby of the hotel, and it's bang, da ding, 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 ding. Which uh, that yeah, had that the when he goes into the hotel for the first time and goes yeah. by the the reception, uh, <laughs> Pee Wee's Big Adventure, the end of Pee Wee's Big Adventure, one hundred percent, yeah. Um, I also love the taxi driver. Just there's this like understanding that this is how things happen. Like it's just, oh, we're all following each other all the time. It's fine. Like all, every spy is after everybody else. And yeah, th- this is when we are introduced to Pedro Armendariz Ar- as as uh, Karen Bay, um, and I think he's just wonderful in this movie. The camaraderie between the two of them through the movie. Yeah. I just I I love when they're when they're interacting with each other. I love how feels like kinda, a real mentor figure. Yeah, how the like, kind of close they get throughout this movie is is awesome. Yeah. Um Karen Bay has a, such a fascinating backstory that's only hinted at where he says not bad for a man who started life bending chains and breaking bars with my teeth in the circus. <laughs> and I was like, "Excuse me? Can we watch that movie?" <laughs> Uh, um, always referring to his sons doing something oh, within yeah, the all, business. He has, he has a ton of sons who all like work for him. Uh, my son is the driver. My son is the security guy. I'll send one of my sons to take care of this. Um, he has one. It, it's such a it's such a weird line, but it's so funny. One of uh, it's it's his wife is laying on the bed she wants him to come to bed to she her. wants to fuck dude she what she does she's like <laughs> Karen Bay. and he he's like he's he, he's like he's trying to work and then finally he gets up and he takes his jacket off and he says the phrase back to the salt mines yeah. like, <laughs> like another hard day's work for Karen Bay. and i i cackle every time the the, the delivery is unbelievable um, and it's punctuated by the wall exploding. Uh, a few big know, explosions in, in this movie. Yeah. Uh, yeah. We didn't get a whole lot of that in the first movie, but no, this had double the budget, two yeah. million dollars for <laughs> for Russia with Love. Um, yeah, and, and uh, it's yeah, it's fantastic. I uh, they they decide uh, this is when they take their little uh, trip underneath the city. And uh, I got to ask you, I mean, you're you're a big Indiana Jones guy, right? Yeah. Last Crusade vibes here. Absolutely. Like, sure. Absolutely. You know Spielberg. Spielberg's always wanted to make a Bond movie. And I there's several moments in specifically this movie where I'm like, oh, Spielberg watched this before making Last Crusade. Oh, the, the boat scene at the end is Last Crusade yeah. all the way. Like the the uh also the the rats running through the sewers uh-huh. uh, later on in the movie, which were all I read uh <laughs> They only had access to white rats, so they covered them in chocolate. Oh, man. <laughs> like, what the fuck was happening in movies in the 60s? Like, We got to get the shot. We got to do what we got to do to get the shot. We're freezing crabs and dumping rats in chocolate. That's all we're doing. Um, yeah, this is where they, they Karim is, uh, he like made a complaint that got the 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 Russian base uh, evacuated long enough for him to install a periscope, yeah. <laughs> so he can watch all their meetings. And it's where we get their first look at uh, Krillin Q. 
the who is one of their operatives and he, he immediately is just like oh well that's clearly who must have made the attempt on my life mm-hmm. uh, because again red is playing everybody against each other yeah um and this is this is where we're taken to the romany camp uh which i think is the part of the film that has aged the worst poorly uh yeah we have a lot of i mean we have a lot of use of the the g slur uh and and uh, a lot of uh, white actors playing characters of color mm-hmm. and uh, just some very, um, I don't know, there's a lot of othering here. Like there, the, it was, it's interesting because there was, there were scenes in Dr. No where, you know, they're at the nightclub and they're watching the dancing and it just yeah. gen- genuinely feels like, oh, we're enjoying this vibe. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And in this movie, the belly dancing scene feels very like male gazy. It feels extremely like, right. Uh, oh, isn't it weird that there are other cultures? <laughs> you know <what> I mean? <laughs> like, there's a lot of that in, in this section of the movie. Yeah. It, um, it, it seemed to come out of left field for me. Yeah. Oh, well, particularly the cat fight, which feels very much like uh, let's, let's have a couple of ladies throw down for the guys in the audience and in bond, doesn't really try to help. <laughs> no, no. He just sits there as a spectator. Now, you mm. you learn that he has good intentions after this uh, whole action sequence goes down. But sort that of, also, that turns into something. Being given both women. Yes. Yeah. Uh, you know, Which I is, was <laughs> I was watching that going, I, this is not right. <laughs> no. And, and it, th- these early movies especially do this weird thing where uh we're we're presented with the character who is i mean we you know bond hasn't met tanya yet but this a lot of these movies will present you with this is the love interest of this movie Mm -hmm. also here are the other five women that he's gonna go after yeah (laughs) and so it ends up it's the it's the part of the 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 power of fantasy that doesn't work for me Mm -hmm. where i i do feel a little icked out by it especially this sequence in the movie um and it's unfortunate because I think it does give some great moments between Bond and Karen Bay. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, their 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 friendship uh, gets even stronger because he saves him, you know, from being killed uh, in this assault on the camp, which is a hell of an action scene. Well, especially from a movie like coming from Dr. No to this, you know, mm-hmm. uh, you, you already mentioned double the budget. So we didn't get action scenes like this in Dr. No. Dr. No is no, a the, very the big, reserved film in the action sense. The big final set piece of Dr. No is Bond punches a guy, pulls a lever, and then pushes another guy. <laughs> like, yeah. That's the final. <laughs> that is the showdown. And this movie, he's like flipping over tables. He's tumbling through the grass and shooting. By the end of this, his his coat is all fucked up. Um and meanwhile, you've got Red off in the background, squeezing off sniper shots. Mm-hmm. And uh, Karim gets sh- Karim gets shot in the arm, and blood like rockets out of his arm. Like it's <laughs> it's an incredible squib. I I, um, I I found it funny that there's no puncture hole, just a big glob of blood. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yes, yeah. Uh, Karim is just full of it. Um, yeah, and I I. I I don't know. It's this sequence is so great. And I feel like it's really uh, it's pulled away whenever like 
his reward for saving the day is, oh, these people are now objects for you. Here, take these two women and do what you want. I, I, if, like I said, if, if I was taping my reaction to this movie, that would have been where you would have saw me going, ooh. Yeah. 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 No, no, sorry, Jenny. Like, let's just be like, (laughs) I'm sorry. I asked you to watch this one. Um, but I do, it, it also then leads to one of my favorite moments in the film after they've left the camp, uh, Bond and Karim uh, follow, um, uh, I keep wanting to say Curly Q, and that is not the son of a bitch's <laughs> name. Uh, <laughs> Curlin Q, the, the Bulgarian assassin. Uh, he, they they find him, this is the part of the movie that's always a little hard for me to follow is how they how they find his hiding spot. But I guess Yeah, that was very point, easy. Karim, Karim is sort of like, you get the implication that he's like, I know where everyone is. They just don't normally cross these lines. But now that they have, I will show you exactly where to kill them at. <laughs> um, and, you know, he he, uh, he, he says, uh, I owe you a debt. How can a friend be in debt? And I love this little exchange where they take, they trade off using each other's shoulders to like yeah. steady their sight. Mm-hmm. Um and 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 Karen Bay gets to pull the trigger and kill the man that came after him. Yeah, um, and I I love the whole setup there, and, and that's where you really start to see yeah. this this friendship between he, he and Bond develop is is yes. really right here in this moment is when they're like okay it's like they it's almost like a fist bump like hey we're bros yeah you know yeah and uh, Bond's willing to give him the shot to take this guy out since he tried to do it to him. Uh, yeah. I I love the building with the painted face and the mouth and the window. She should have kept the mouth shut. <laughs> That's there's a one of my favorite lines in the movie. I love the bit. Well, and, and even before, like for some reason, Karim's being like kind of cheeky about it when he's like, "So where's the base?" And he goes, "She has a big mouth." if you know what I mean, or something like that. And that's when the mouth of the billboard opens up and, and Krillin Q is trying to get out of there. Uh, it's a great, it's a great little bit. Um, it's shot beautifully. They're all, they're like shrouded in darkness. You know, uh, that's the other thing is this movie, it's a very dusk movie. Like there's so much sunshine and these brilliant beaches and stuff in Dr. No. And mm-hmm. this one really goes for like the shadows. So yeah. I, I just love that. Um, well, I mean, all the way, I mean, to the opening scenes, like the opening scene yeah. of Dr. No is this, you know, nice tropical landscape in Jamaica and all of that. And this one, you start that cold open dark in the middle of the night, on, yes. you know, yeah. and it kind of, yeah, it maintains that throughout most of the movie. I think it gets a little brighter towards the end, but um, yeah, I, I love the mood that this movie sets. I, I'm down oh, for it. Um, at, at this point, I'm already like, this is one of the best sequels to a to a film I've ever seen. Like It's great. I mean, yeah, it, it outpaces Dr. No in, in every regard, in right. my opinion. Um, the, um, it, this is when finally, uh, you know, very much like De Niro and Pacino in Heat, we finally get to see Tanya and James Bond in the same scene together. Yeah. <laughs> um, this is a great sequence. I, I think she's you know he he's so used to people like sneaking in and trying to kill him that he's like not trusting at all that he's not in danger uh he i love i think it's i think it's really cute how he shakes her hand while she's in the bed yeah (laughs) um you know i'm james you know it's it's a fun little scene between the two of them but i'm also like you know i'm thinking about the nature of it and and i'm also going back to um uh what's his name uh I'm so bad with names, man. Uh, Karen Bay's wife. Oh, uh, yeah. You know, 
she is being portrayed as, you know, in her, in her scene with him is like, she's ready. She wants her husband. She's ready to go. She's ready to, yeah, exactly. And he kind of brushes her away. And then trust it. I mean, he knows this is a trap. Yeah. And, uh, and then you've got scenes like this where, you know, she, it always seems like everyone is so lustful for bond, but he is never lustful. Like he does kind of have a thing for her, but he's ready to change on the drop of a dime. Yes. When he knows something could be off, you know, later on, on the train, you see this immediately because he, he doesn't immediately like try to sleep with her. I mean, he does. It doesn't take long. It's, right. but it's not like Miss Taro, where like that's immediately part of the plan. Uh, he, he, he sort of he's like kissing her, but he's also immediately asking her like, "Where is the lector? When can I see it? Like, yeah. where can we go tomorrow? Let's let's get this." And um, in a scene that was uh, a huge shock to the censors at the time. Uh, Rosa Klebb and a cameraman are filming them from behind a two-way mirror as mm-hmm. they consummate their new relationship. There's uh, some weird dialogue here, too, especially with Tatiana. You're one of the most beautiful girls I've ever seen. Thank you. But I think my mouth is too big. No, it's the right size. For me, that is. Is that a kiss thing or is that way dirt like the dirtiest line in any James Bond movie? I yeah. can't figure it out. And, and and maybe it says something about the person watching because I immediately was like, whoa, that's some risque shit for a movie from 63. No, I, I, I think the movie sets you up to believe that that's probably what they mean. But it's it's played, uh, you know, in it's it's played close enough to a kiss that you can sort of skirt by it. I yeah. think. Well, even her introduction, like, you know, I, I think they used a body double for her getting into the bed, but I was like, whoa, that's a Nick, that's a naked lady. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You weren't, yeah. You couldn't see that before. It's this not, not like just in the, up. not just in the Blu-ray menu this time. It was actually in the movie. <laughs> right. Just on front street. Um, uh, yeah. And, and what, uh, the, the scene actually had to be reshot because the original uh, it originally panned back through the two-way mirror and there was a close-up of the cameraman like kind of sweating like while he while he filmed and it was much more like creepy and voyeuristic and in this one it's very clinical it's very much like this is part of the plan to blackmail james bond it's a wild shot yeah um and then uh they they go the next day uh, to this, this, this is the sequence where Red saves them from a from another assassin. Bond is walking around with his gun and a handkerchief, which is like the most obvious anyone's ever carried a gun before. This is where uh, I was also kind of I was going back to Doctor No because you had the people tailing Bond yeah. and Doctor No. Um, you kind of and then you find out that they're they're on his side in that one. Um, what's his mm-hmm. name? The um, I've already forgotten his name, but the other agent in that one. Um, oh, oh, yeah, with uh, uh, Felix. Yeah, with Felix. Um, with this one, you never really get too much more than just this this guy following them around. Other than, and it really does kind of make you wonder, like, who can be trusted? We know Red Grant's a bad guy, but right. like, who else is in on it? You know, and it, and it, you know, it, it also kind of puts Red in a light when he does take them out. It's like, yeah. you you almost have to question, like, okay, is you know, is Red is really he, is Red playing the long game somehow? Yeah. yeah. And, uh, uh, but no, he's just got to make sure Bond lives long enough to get on the train and to get the lector. Like that's, that is what they, 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 they are trying to make sure that Bond 
gets on the train so that they can tie up all the loose ends. Mm -hmm. Um, I love the sequence where Bond is transmitting the recording of, of Tatiana back to MI6. And, you know, he says he just wants the lecture, but there's a sweetness to how he talks about her to Karen Bay. Mm -hmm. Um, And she's like, like it's, the, the, the thing about this, another thing about this movie that doesn't quite work for me is I don't get where the turn is, where she starts to really feel something for him because it does feel like it is immediate. Yes. Like, it, like he sleeps with her one time and she's like, oh, actually, this right. guy, I get it. It makes you go um, like, uh, how good of an agent was she really to that they selected her because <laughs> yeah, she seems right. to be down for it from the get-go. Immediately. Like, and then she, but it, it's, it's in, I, I do, I love this sequence though. It's very sweet it's also very silly uh she goes uh the lector it's about 10 kilos in a brown case brown like your eyes uh and and it cuts back to everyone in the boardroom kind of smiling and uh you know or like trying to stay serious while they're taking their notes and tell me the truth am i as exciting as all those western girls oh once when i was with am in tokyo we had an interesting experience Thank you, Miss Money Penny. That's all. That's all. <laughs> and then she goes and gets on the thing, and he's like, "Nope." <laughs> he knows uh, yeah, what she's, she's listening in on the call. Money Penny, as you're no doubt still listening in. <laughs> Bernard Lee is so good as as M. I love him so much. Um, but yeah, I I uh, we we get that yeah the 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 heist. Um, he he purposefully tells her the wrong day so that he can like kind of keep her on her toes when mm-hmm. he uh, you know attacks the, when they set off the bombs so he can steal the lector. Uh, I think this is a really fun little action beat, and uh, they get on the Orient Express, and that's when this is when Karim gives them their fake names, and I love uh, their their fake passports. I love that Tanya mouths her fake name. Over and over again. That's a really sweet little bit. Like yeah. she's just enjoying, uh, just enjoying being there with him on this adventure. And and the fact that they refer to themselves as those characters almost, Mr. yeah, yes. from from that point on, you know, you don't really see a whole lot of that in in spy and espionage stuff now, where they get no. a new identity. It's like they never really touch on the fact that they've got to get they've got to become a different person, you know? Yeah. And it's, it, Oh, I mean, even when, even when Nat, well, red boards, the train as Nash, mm-hmm. you know, bond says, this is my wife, Caroline. Like he just immediately yeah. is just like, here's, here's the cut. And I, and I like that because I mean, you've seen the Craig movies, Daniel uh, Craig's bond doesn't give a shit about being undercover. He'll walk up to the front desk and be like, my name's James bond. I'm in room <laughs> B for bond. <laughs> here's my gun and sets it on the counter. <laughs> that was the other thing when he got his room and they moved him to the honeymoon suite, the, the, sure. ex- the exchange there. Do. Yeah. The exchange there between he and the receptionist and then the manager, it was yeah. like, it was like, this seemed like a, a, a little like chasing tails for no real reason. It was like, why don't you just put him in the honeymoon suite from the get go? It is, it is an odd thing. It's, I think it's meant to telegraph to the audience. Like, Oh, they're actually two steps ahead of bond. Cause yeah. now he's in the room they want him to be in, but it really does feel like a, well, when he gets there, just say all our rooms are full except for the bridal suite. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it is. It is odd. Um, unless, unless my six had already like booked the room and then they were like, okay, now we got to figure this out. Uh, but it, it does seem very circuitous. Um, they get attacked by Benz, this this uh, this other Russian operative, and yeah. 
uh, immediately neutralize him. Bond pulls his jacket down around his <laughs> arms and he's stuck. Not mad about his tail, are you? So Karen Bay sits down and starts to light a cigarette and tell him his life story. Um, this is one thing I think you lose from the book because the the whole Orient Express section in the in the novel, uh, Karen Bay, while Bond and Tanya are just making love for like three days straight uh <laughs> karim is murdering agent after agent like his whole deal is like he is like hanging out outside their room he kills like three russian operatives before he's finally taken out wow well i mean <laughs> it's here it's, here it seems as though this entire trip on the Orient express is, is within like a few hours you know you don't get this sense that this is days by any sure. means um, I mean, I, I you you do when it gets to the bits where it's like, okay, tell him that someone has to meet me here yeah, at this yeah. time. Because um, he does say something like, we have three days ahead of us or something like but that. But by that but, time, yeah, I think they've already killed off Karen Bay. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Because I, I, there's, oh man, I love when Bond gets off the train to go meet uh, Karen's son. And he uh, gives him the cigarette holder. and Love that. Yeah. But I also love, there's this really great shot. Bond gets off the train as it's still kind of coasting into the station. And he's walking along and you see Red over his shoulder just watching him through each of the windows. And it's, oh, it's so good. Another shot um, from Friday the 13th, part six. No, with, really? Yes. Well, there's this that when she's checking on the kids in the camp and she leaves oh the God. she's walking and and he's following her yes. out the window. Dude, I'm telling you, Tom, uh, Tom McLaughlin, that the director of part of Jason Lives, huge Bond fan. He's got to be. Got to be. Um, that's so funny. Wherever the red dot goes, you bang. <laughs> the biggest laser uh, scope I've ever seen in my life. It's huge. Not even Cobra has something like that. No. Like, it's ridiculous. Uh, that was missing from this movie, actually. That's the one thing that Jason Lives has over from Russia with Love. Um, Could you imagine but, Bond with that scope on his little pistol? <laughs> <laughs> This is why this is why you can't carry a Beretta. Um, I, I love the sequence of Red going going over to he kills the agent that's supposed to meet Bond. Yeah. Um, and it's this totally silent sequence. You know, you just hear like the train, the bustle of the train station. He walks him in. He follows him into this little room, kills him, walks back out. He's got the agent's suitcase. Yep. And puts the agent's hat on, and he does this really. It's a Robert Shaw does some incredible things with, with no dialogue for the you know first chunk of this movie. Yeah, but he walks. It's Bonds pacing around trying to find the agent, and Red walks up and goes, like he, he's pretending he's recognizing James. Right. You know what I mean? Like he's pretending, like oh, I say you're James Bond, and he. You don't even hear their dialogue right. either. Like there's it's this train is like still, you know, making too much noise. You don't hear red until they are in the train car. There, there are great, there are great moments uh, with red throughout all of this. And like, yeah, you don't hear him speak until we get on the train basically. And sorry, old man couldn't be helped. (laughs) I've been on the road since breakfast, (laughs) but I love every second of when it shows him following bond throughout this movie, you've got him following him in the car at one point. Yeah. And um, there's that scene where he gets out and gets in the car with Kleb 
and you find out that there's oh, a sure. dead body that's been in the back seat of the car the and entire time. So casual. Yeah. yeah. And Ugh. all of this with getting on the train, him taking out all the operatives in the in the uh, museum, like all of that yeah. stuff. Just he's great here. Like he's he's. he's so good. I mean, I'm I'm only two movies in, but he's definitely highest spot on my villain list. So he's far. he's up there for me. Like I, I Red Grant is, and I I love. I mean. I love that their their second villain for Bond is literally just like and the anti Bond like he's the yeah. reverse Flash of James Bond like <laughs> and I love it he um and I love that Bond is onto him the whole time yeah there's like never a moment like in, in the book he actually kind of puts one over on Bond Bond doesn't see him like dropping the stuff into the drink and like well, but in the movie. I feel like Bond immediately doesn't like him because he keeps calling like, him old man. Mm-hmm. And he keeps like, just kind of asking him questions like, Oh, where are you from? Uh, what's your name? Who, who, you know, gave you this. Right. Uh, it's just, he doesn't trust him from the word go. Uh, you know, even when he's like, Oh, can we grab some food? He's like, sure. Go with Caroline. Like mm-hmm. he doesn't give her, he doesn't even call her Tanya. Like right. he, he, like he would say the real name if he believed he was an actual agent. Right. I mean that whole reveal when when she when when they get back to the train car and yes. she's you know she's oh she's he, out. yeah he's like what'd you slip her you know he like boom and he tells it he tells him and he reads a little curious about Bond's motives like he says what are you after the girl or the lector yeah and Bond says red wine with fish that should have told me something like, like this is clearly the dinner order of a psychopath <laughs> um but yeah yeah shaw is just he's so cold in the scene he's when he's putting the silencer on with his foot mm-hmm. and and just keeping you know keeping you know the gun pointed at bond he's telling him very matter-of-factly um the first one won't kill you not the second not even the third. Not until you get over here and kiss my foot. Like it's <laughs> it's dark. Kill you. It's gonna look like you killed her and then yourself because she was going to leak this sex tape to the press. Yeah. Like it's a very intricate plan. And it would be one thing if this was like one of Bond's arch enemies or you know, someone who's right. had a history with Bond. No, he's just doing it for the sheer pleasure like mm-hmm. of of taking bond out you know and bond knows that he's a thug and yeah. that is why he knows that Gr- grant will be so curious about the 50 gold sovereigns that he's mm-hmm. going to open the briefcase wrong yep <laughs> and dude this train car fight is great is so good and apparently it's- it was like it was considered. It was considered one of the most violent scenes ever filmed for a short period, from what I gather from the behind the scenes footage. Yeah, um, they said you know they're talking about how they shot it, how many days it was shot. Apparently, there were only stunt people used in a couple of scenes. Other than that, mostly, it was it's mostly Robert Shaw and Sean Connery. Yeah, yeah. I mean the the bit of the the guy uh, when Bond pulls himself up and kicks him, that's mm-hmm. Connery. Yeah, like he, he's. He's doing a lot of that. I think the only stunt actor shots are maybe Red getting his head shoved through the window, which mm-hmm. is insane. Yeah. And and uh, a couple of the uh, a couple of like the tumbles, but like you can tell that's Connery getting thrown into yeah. uh, Tanya. Like there's, uh, yeah, it is. It's it's wild, and it, it culminates. I mean, 
that stab is so visceral mm-hmm. and he strangles him to death like it's it's it is yeah it trumps anything in dr no to me in terms yeah, of for sure and excitement like it is and it, it is and it's a watermark that like bond movies after this will still try to hit like it like the without spoiling anything the train fight becomes a proud tradition in the bond <laughs> series <laughs> and it almost makes you a little upset to know that red has been taken out here because he's such a sure. good villain it's like villain. i would I, you know this is kind of one of those classic cases of these like one of those recurring villains that you would want to yeah. see every now and again absolutely and well, it's un- like we, we on, when we when i was on for the batman 89 episode and we were just like why would you kill the joker yeah <laughs> immediate in the first movie like we could get eight more red grant movies out of this <laughs> yeah and uh, you know i just watched spider-man 3 because we're we're talking about spider-man sure. movies oh. here shortly yeah and uh you know i have I have major problems with the third one with Venom in that one. And yeah. the fact that they, um, they kill Venom off. Yeah. Like, you know, at the time when those movies were coming out, it was like, are you out of your mind? Like you're, you've yeah. had, you've just had one of the most legendary Spider-Man villains in this movie for 15 minutes. And you blow him and up. You, you blow him up to him. <laughs> never to come back again. Yeah. I was like, no, yeah. no wonder this franchise fucking lost it after this. We, 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 we covered, we just covered uh, the first Spider-Man on Silver Linings playlist. And that mm-hmm. was one of the things we talked about was just like, you know, uh, it, it, it feels like you, you waste some of these characters. The, uh, but I mean, the Green Goblin death is true to the source material yeah. and it's earned. Like it feels right for that movie. And mm-hmm. they found ways to bring Willem Dafoe back. So uh, in, in multiple sequels. Yep. Um, so I, I think it still ends up it still ends up working out in that series favor. But yeah, it is. You do feel like, man, I I wish I could see more uh, this guy come back again. Yeah. Um. The, to the point where like there there are there are a ton of henchmen in the Bond series that very much follow the Red Grant mold. Yeah, I, that, I, I like, figured we'd probably get wannabes after this for sure yeah oh yeah you'll be surprised just how how closely some of them like kind of follow in that tradition but uh i i yeah the first is the best i mean he's he's just a, he's an exceptional villain and uh it i'm curious to see what you think of the next one because it does have one of the most iconic bond henchmen ever mm-hmm. um and uh but i i don't know i think the movie's really missing something someone with red grant's intensity uh and i I would argue that red grant is kind of i mean there's a lot more movie to go after this but he is to me the the main villain of the film that's what kind of makes the last act of the movie a little a little weak for me because you know We after this we I get agree. we get them off the train and then you've just got the you know chase. you've got North by Northwest happening. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I told you. Uh, um, yeah, I think the, I think the helicopter chase is done pretty well. I think it goes on a little too long. There's yeah. a lot of you know how many grenades do they have in that fucking cockpit? Right. <laughs> but you know, again, like you said, like they were very excited about this bigger budget. Let's drop as many bombs as we can. Um, director Terrence Young is a is a G and he like he was it when they were scouting for locations he was in a helicopter crash in the morning Young sets off to scout locations in a helicopter this thing took off and it went backwards the helicopter took off took over into the water 
Uh, and then he flipped it on its side and it went straight into the sea. Which meant, as it hit the water, the blades blew off. And uh, Terence was kicking the, the plexiglass bubble to try and get out because they couldn't get out through the, the left-hand door because that was blocked off with the camera platform. Terence got behind the camera again, didn't say a word to anybody. And we were shooting within 35 minutes. And shot all day long, like nothing had ever happened. It was it's quite amazing, absolutely amazing. And by the way, again, that's that's Connery diving out of the way when the helicopter is strafing him. When he's running with the briefcase, mm -hmm. that is Connery. Like, nice. and he apparently could have almost got killed like filming this because the pilot got real close at one point. Um, but I love that he by the end of this movie, he has used everything in that briefcase he's used mm -hmm. the the sovereigns to to bribe somebody he's used the talcum powder he stabs grant in the shoulder and then here he finally assembles that tiny little sniper rifle yep and that the helicopter blowing up is great yeah that's, it's that's, that's some good miniature work oh and the rear projection of him i'd say one of the aircraft is missing hugging Tanya as the helicopter explodes behind them. It's yeah. pretty good. It's yeah. better than any of the driving scenes. <laughs> <laughs> True. After we've had him fighting with Red on the train, mm -hmm. and then we've had the helicopter scene, it is very just like one after the other. It's a hat on a hat on a hat. Yeah. yeah. And it's like, I don't know Do you... if we needed the boat scene. Do you get the feeling that like the people making the movie were just thinking... Well, if we don't get to do another one of these, if the first was a fluke and this one isn't as exciting or like, let's just throw everything at the screen. Yeah. But it got them um, in, the, it got them into a lot of trouble with the production. Again, like this was a trouble production. That whole boat scene was a, a nightmare for them to film. Yes. Yeah. And you know, just everything kept going wrong. Uh, I think they set off the charges in the water a day early when they from yes. when they were supposed to. They had to reset all of it. Yeah, yeah. And he had like a um, day to do a reset and and get the shot the next day. But man, that shot of all the barrels going up mm -hmm. at once—it's good. It feels um, it feels very much like I'm watching a stunt show at Universal Studios. Yep, <laughs> in like the best possible way. I love it. Um, the there's some really great fire stunts here. There's the one guy, one dude falls over onto a life preserver that's on fire and he starts <laughs> screaming because his arm like goes up. Uh -huh. And then there's the one dude who's fully engulfed and he's clearly wearing like some kind of like flame retardant jacket or something yeah. like that. But he, he goes over the edge like it's it's brutal. We we hold on these guys burning for a while. <laughs> But it's um, it's it's fun, and I mean, you're seeing some yeah. of some of these background agents uh, from from Spectre that you've yes. seen throughout the movie. Um, you know, right before this, we got our whole exchange with number one, number two, and number three or number five. Yeah, and uh, you know, this is where the turn for you know, Cleb thinks that she is being taken out here. Number one has, sure. has declared that she has failed her mission, and to be honest, I was a bit confused too when he kills Kronstein. I've read this. I can read this as two different ways. I, I I could see it as him realizing that she's willing to take initiative and show how savage she yeah. is. And two, it's, it's just straightforward. Blofeld is like, no, at the end of the day, this was your idea and you fucked it up. Yeah. Like Kronstein, your plan failed. It doesn't matter who carried it out for you. Well, I mean, she's, she's actually, she's actually doing something within this movie. I don't ever see Kronstein doing anything. 
after the first scene yeah, yeah. he kind of vanishes from the movie it's yeah. like okay yeah i mean like uh, we, we did make the right choice here you haven't done shit this entire movie <laughs> <laughs> yeah um yeah and the the knife and the shoe it's goofy it's from the book uh yeah. and i i do like blowfield has a really badass line where he says 12 seconds one day we must invent a faster working venom you know <laughs> yeah. I, I like that um they just chuck his body over um but yeah you talked about it feeling like this movie has more final set pieces than the return of the king has endings like the yeah. Cleb showing up as in the maid outfit is like the fine which is which is from the book the boat chase is not yeah uh, and the helicopter chase like that this this feels like they were like oh well this is how the book ended kind of so mm-hmm. we should throw this in um but it, it it's goofy because there's never a second where you're like oh well she's about to get the drop on james bond yeah never <laughs> when she's like waving her little foot around um what's wild is um I do love that Tanya gets to kill her, like gets to take her out. I think that's where we're supposed to, I think that's where us as an audience are supposed to see where she's taken the turn. Yes. Although when she, when she recognizes Cleb in the outfit, she doesn't say anything. Yeah. She like, she doesn't give James any warning. She just kind of goes along with it. So it's, it, it is weird, but you know, I, you know, just from knowing how Bond movies are, I know oh, she's going to yeah. walk through the door and take Cleb out. Uh, well, we didn't even talk about the fact that James uh, physically assaults Tanya. Yeah. yeah. He hits her when he's interrogating her. And it's it's a it's a scene that I don't love. Um, yeah, it's tough to watch. It's meant to I mean, it's meant to show that he's like driven and like d- you know, treating her as the enemy, but mm-hmm. it, it, I think that's one of those things where, uh, we're also colored by knowing that Sean Connery did that shit in real life. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Uh, like, and admitted it, like talked about it in interviews and stuff. So it's just like, I don't know. It, it's the part of the movie that makes me another part of the movie that makes me kind of squirm in my seat. Yeah. Um, uh, I think that I think that uh, you know the the two performers play that scene really well, and that there is a genuine um, sadness to him when he realizes that she wasn't in on the conspiracy or anything like that. Yeah, um, I think he plays that really well. But I, I, yeah, it's a it's another moment that I could do without. It's funny because I, I had a note there. I, I my note was Connery's performance when he confronts Tatiana. Um, yeah, he. You know, his performance there is very genuine. He yeah. seems to be very distraught about the fact that she could have had anything to do with, mm-hmm. um, what's his name? Oh, with, uh, with, with Karen being killed. Yeah. Well, yeah. Like he seems to be very upset with the fact that she could have been attached to Karen being killed. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and, you know, yes, he, he comes at her with some force and I don't like it. Yeah. But it's rough and it's rough. I mean, especially when you've had all this like really just like joyful interaction with them on the train so far, her and her little nighty and everything. And then really seeming like that they're falling for one another. And then to see the turn there is like, ah, it's, it's just, yeah, it's tough. I feel like I'd like the scene more without the slap. I, I get why it's there. It's, it's meant to, it's not meant to be a pleasant moment in right. the movie, but yeah, it doesn't endear me to our protagonist. No. <laughs> uh, 
Um, not that he's meant to be. I mean, I don't know. The, the movie kind of this movie really plays with whether or not Bond is meant to be an aspirational character. Yeah. And I would argue during these scenes, he's very much like, oh, well, this is why you have your job because you are an animal like you yeah. will you're a blunt instrument you'll i mean the way he kills grant is just so uh ferocious mm -hmm. you know and i i think that that's something we're meant to take away from this movie is that bond isn't necessarily a hero he just gets the job done right um but yeah i do i do love that tanya gets a little bit of redemption she she kills cleb in the novel um, this is this this book in the the book from Russia with Love preceded the book Doctor No, mm -hmm. and the novel ends with Cleb actually stabs him uh, before she's killed, and as uh, a a group of uh, like uh, French intelligence agents show up to save the day, uh, Bond stumbles backwards and collapses and that is the end of the book oh wow fleming was like fuck it maybe i'll kill him off like <laughs> but, <laughs> but I, I i love it's a it's a but that's why because he couldn't get the shot off in time before she stabbed him yeah that's why in the novel dr no it opens with him saying you've got to carry a different gun <laughs> yeah okay i love uh um, yeah it's funny because in that interview with ian fleming like they, they ask him about would you ever kill bond off and he's like i could not afford writing off bond like he's just yeah, like yeah, yeah. but i did want to touch on um yeah. the death of karen bay here and uh oh, pedro yeah. armadaris uh what i've found out about him during the production of this is he had cancer yes and this was a really and this was a really really hard shoot for him a lot of issues uh, shooting a lot of the scenes. I think some of the people even said they had to like prop him up for some of his shots because he was so weak. And they had to use some body doubles in, in certain sequences. Yeah. And, um, you know, to 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 kind of put the, the topping on all of it, you know, I found out that his cancer got so bad that he committed suicide. Yeah. When uh, he left the film after he finished filming his scenes, he snuck. Uh, he snuck a pistol into the hospital with mm -hmm. him. Uh, yeah, and uh, so that it, was—it's heartbreaking. And he—he he, he died, I think, four or five months before the movie was released. And so he—but he, he's—I mean, but he was so happy to be in the character. movie. Like, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. And this is such a beloved character. I mean, he this Karen Bay kind of becomes an archetype for these movies. Mm -hmm. I mean, Bond just as bond always has some other counterintelligence agent helping him he always has some kind of a mentor figure an older character who's right. kind of like gives him a sounding board and um he's uh, to me he's like one of the brightest spots of this film i i absolutely adore his performance yeah i, I love i love any of the scenes that they're in together and the, they're buddying yeah. like it's it's almost like a buddy cop movie for a little while with those two yeah especially this this the scene where they get their revenge and they help each other by you know propping propping up the the gun with the, the gun sight you know with mm -hmm. their shoulders and yeah i love all of that stuff um, um and it is yeah it's so sad and apparently there was a car crash um, with the actress who played Tatiana. That was oh, I didn't know about that. This. Went that went upside down. Um, oh, I don't wow. have a I don't have a lot of details on it, but apparently she was in the vehicle when this stunt went wrong. And wow. so yeah, I mean, just it's funny, man. We talk about we talk about how we, how much we love certain movies and how some movies just really don't need to be messed with or remade or those kind of things. And you know let's just take jaws for example i don't i don't think anyone 
they probably will remake it at some point. Let's not kid ourselves. <laughs> but, you know, the reason movies like Jaws and even something like From Russia With Love here, I think the reason mm. these movies are beloved and work so well is because they went through hell to make these movies. Yeah. And and the end result, while they may not have regarded it as, you know, you know, when you're in the moment filming these movies and having the problems you're having with them, I mean, you know, sure. Spielberg was ready to write Jaws off. I'm sure, yeah. you know, Terrence Young was not happy with all the stuff that was going on during the production of this, but Ian Fleming hated Dr. No. Yeah. Uh, when he at the premiere, he said it was dreadful. Uh, <laughs> and this movie won him over. And I, I think that there's there's so much love on display for uh, not only the source material, but just the storytelling of it and the craft of it. I mean, th this is a movie that I, you know, again, we're talking about a $2 million budget. I think all of it is on screen and, and more. Mm -hmm. They stretched every last bit of it to make this, this right. story happen. And I think every actor is giving their all. Um, and, yeah, and it's, it's a hell of a production. And my biggest thing with that is like, you know, it would be so easy for them to tuck and roll and you'd be like, you know, this mm -hmm. is not working out. You know, yeah. we're just going to have to cut our losses. Uh, you know, they don't do that. They persevere. They get through this movie. They get it finished. They pour chocolate on the rats. <laughs> they pour chocolate Whatever they on the rats. Do. And uh, I think people see that when they see films like this, you I know, think so too. I, yeah. I, I can see, like you just said, I see every bit of every bit of money that was put in this production on screen. Um, I can see people putting their their hearts into these roles, like Pedro. Um, yeah. Uh, but like you know, and and that's why that's why we end up with movies that are classics for those reasons. Uh, when you yeah. when you remake that, you're going into it with something completely different than what those filmmakers did. So therefore, you're not going to have the passion to get this troubled production finished. You're literally just there to make a movie and get it out there for people. Yeah. You know. Oh yeah. This wasn't a commodity. This was something that, like, I mean, in a lot of, in some ways, it was. Yeah, because it, it's a, it's a production that they were immediately just like, shit. The first one made so much money. Mm -hmm. uh, JFK just said this is his favorite book. Let's get <laughs> this thing into fucking production. Yeah. Uh, and, and there, you know, there is a certain cynicism there, but everyone involved created the best possible film they could. Yeah. Uh, and and I think that that still shows on screen. I mean, you will get into it further into this series, but there are some movies in this series that feel like uh, an obligation. Sure. Or, you know, like, oh, God, what are we supposed to do next? We're out of ideas, you mm -hmm. know, and this this one feels like everyone's trying to bring something new to it, whether it was you know, Terrence Young insisting on certain locations or uh, John Barry, you know, working the, the score in the, the from Russia with love theme into interesting spots in the score or, um, you know, the, the, the production company going to nightclubs to try to get the vibe of Istanbul and figure yeah. out what the music was supposed to sound like. Um, or, uh, or Robert Shaw saying, by the way, I think, I think red, you know, should be doing this. This is actually, you know, let's, let's establish me a little sooner. Um, I think everyone is just, was just firing on all cylinders and bringing all these ideas to the table and it creates something really interesting. Yeah. Um, 
still one of my one of my favorites in the series even with you know the 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 bits that have aged a a little less gracefully right um i i think this is a fantastic film and this this has me very excited to to go into goldfinger um i I hear no is like a tentpole like yeah i I mean that's all i hear from people is goldfinger goldfinger and it's referenced in everything so yeah you know i'm if this was this good i'd like to see okay how did they top it in goldfinger and is it is it yeah. as good as from Russia with Love? I guess I'll find out. Uh, I, I d- have I have some interesting I have some thoughts on Goldfinger that I that I'm really excited to talk to you about because I I I it I won't well I won't spoil any of my feelings on it but I I it's it is as important to the series as everyone tells you it is okay and I I do have one question about the final final uh, shot of the film the um, the, the wave well the wave is great. But it's so goofy. <laughs> is is him looking at the film Tatiana's first inclination that they were filmed in the honeymoon suite? Like, is she finding out in that moment? I don't think she's seeing what he's seeing. Okay, I think he's. I think he's just like, huh? Okay, <laughs> and then he checks it. <laughs> um, what I appreciate is that. So you know, credit sequence is much shorter than m- credits would be now. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they want to get that song. Yeah. So we have a l- after the credits are done, we get a long shot of just the 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 city skyline mm-hmm. as the song plays, um, and we get our first James Bond will return. Yes, <laughs> which I love. And and I don't you know I don't know if this is where that originated, but God, so many movies have done it since you know, it, and it was fun oh, to we'll see return. that there. Yeah, it's been, it it more or less yeah it started with Bond. I mean, it, it's kind of a throwback to like the old serials as well, right? Uh, but I I yeah I it always makes me happy when I see something like I when I when Mar- the Marvel movies started doing it, it made me very happy. <laughs> <laughs> but I do find it interesting in the credits. Again, we touched on this briefly, but you know they 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 cast Blum you know they they give you a name for number one who's Blumfeld. Blofeld. They never mention that name throughout the movie. It's given no. to us in the credits. And so then, the, it feels like it's just something for the, the folks who read the books. Yeah. You know, it's like, you know, and then with the, and you top it off question with a question mark, mark next Blofeld. to it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. I, I also, yeah, it does very much feel like when you're like a comic book fan going to see a movie and after the mid credits scene, you hear like the five people in the audience being like, who the fuck is that character? Like, what is that? <laughs> Who's that oh. purple guy? Well, I, I have to say, I mean, this was this was absolutely a delightful treat. Hell yeah! Uh, I was, you know, you you've got proof through, through the text message that I sent you. I like as soon as this movie, I put this movie on. I was like, this is so much better than the first one already. I think like, fifteen minutes in, and you were just like, holy shit! Like immediately, it's a better film. Like, like I, the cold open, so the cold open, yeah. like had already like done it for me. Yeah, and, it's, and, well, it's and just, more suspenseful than anything in Doctor No. True. True. And it's not even Bond. It's not even really Bond. <laughs> right. And I mean, and that's not to say, you know, I did enjoy Dr. No, but sure. compared compared to this, you know, coming into this series, not seeing any of them, seeing Dr. No and then going to from Dr. No to this is like, wow. It feels so much. It feels more modern. It feels, yeah, the, the pacing is better. The action is better. The acting is better, mostly across the board. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I, 
I think this is the, this movie is such a slam dunk. It makes total sense that they just kept making these as quickly as possible. Now, I do want to say I have you see this. You're like, of course, there's 25 of these. <laughs> <laughs> I do want to say I have one nitpick with this movie. OK, it's not the multiple endings. I can I can hang with those. OK, but, you know, number one, stroking his cat through the entire the entire sure. uh, segment. Before I ha- that was a parody. I have a white cat. OK, that dude would be covered in cat hair and he's got yeah. the most pristine clothes on. His, it's like his minions should be sneezing the whole time. <laughs> right. There should be little dust bunnies floating through the air, yeah. especially with a long haired white cat like that. I do. I do love the the camera is always kind of moving back and forth like, yeah. during those sequences. That's a lot of fun. But no, I think um, this I think this yeah. sets up a lot of good mystery, you know, especially yeah. like if you hadn't read the novels, if you're just coming into the movies, it's a lot like comic book movies. If you haven't read the comics coming into the movies and kind of getting what you can from those like this mm-hmm. sets up a nice mystery with, you know, they, they establish Spectre and Dr. No, they yeah. they they expand on that in this one. You have this mysterious head of Spectre that you don't see his face. You don't know yeah. who he is. I love all of that. And I'm, you know, again, excited to see how it progresses through this series. And, um, you know, from all I've heard about how good Goldfinger is, I'm I'm super excited. Like, I'll probably watch Goldfinger in the next day or so. Well, so. since we're heading into Goldfinger next month, do you want to guess what the plot of Goldfinger is? Um, Bond <laughs> is going to battle a guy with a gold finger. Holy shit. <laughs> That's the I mean, best I got. Cause it's not bad. It's they, not bad. They pretty much tie up a lot of the story in this one. Like I was also yeah. surprised to find out how this one ends on a happy note, basically, you know, with, yeah. he, with he and Tatiana, like they mm-hmm. get away happily ever after apparently. And so it doesn't really leave a well, lot. So does he and honey also do that in the first movie. Too. True. True. <laughs> and and we, like, we have no up. idea what happened to honey. So. <laughs> <laughs> he shouldn't but, have let go of that rope. <laughs> <laughs> well, in this one, he shouldn't have let go of the film. I don't know. It's yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, I I have absolutely no idea where Goldfinger's going to go, but I'm I'm on board. I'm ready to see where this one's going to go. I'm excited to revisit this one. This is uh, it's it's one I haven't watched uh, in a minute. From Russia with Love is one I put on fairly often. Like, there's a few Bond movies that I. I'm so like just on a I vibe with so hard that mm-hmm. I'll put them on the background when I'm working and stuff. And that's that's one of them. It's just like, oh, I, I'd really like to watch the train fight right yeah. now. <laughs> you know. <laughs> and that's also like coming into doing a retrospective series like this, and especially yeah. not have not growing up watching them, not having a nostalgia for them. Um coming into Doctor No, I watched that one a couple of times, but I I felt like I didn't have a lot to to talk about or expand on my mm-hmm. thoughts. So going into this one, I was like, okay, I'm going to make it a point to watch it early. I'm going to watch special features. I'm going to get a little yeah. bit more, more out of this one. And this one is very watchable because I, I turned it on. Like anytime I had time where I was just kind of sitting and yeah. like working on something, I would turn it on just so I could get more out of it. You think and, you might, this one might go into your rotation. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Nice. Like it's a, uh, it's just, like you said, it's very watchable. I mean, and it's yeah. fun. It's like, there's great there, characters. Yeah. And yeah. there's not, there's not really a dull moment in it for me. Mm-mm. Like there's always something no. happening. That's moving the plot along. Even the hotel stuff feels more like less static than, than 
It almost feels like he's in the hotel a lot less in this one. Like you get your one good scene where he's, you know, yeah, he orders he orders his his Greek yogurt and figs, but we don't have to watch him eat it. (laughs) Right. (laughs) We don't have to know how black the coffee is. (laughs) Just very black. But That's what he says. <laughs> Very black. And what's funny Very is black. he gets it. He gets it double sweet earlier in the movie. Oh yes, double sweet. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, I, it, but it's it's like a little espresso. I think like okay. that's what they bring to him. It's tiny, so it's probably super strong. His coffee taste is just up and down. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> what would have been great is if he took a sip and his little bow tie just like starts spinning around like a Looney Tunes cartoon. <laughs> this uh, is <laughs> this isn't an Austin Powers movie. <laughs> <laughs> Awesome, man. Well, this was great. I am looking forward to journeying into Goldfinger with you um, uh, on the 007th of next month. Yeah. If you like these episodes, please make sure you give us a good review on iTunes. Uh, Hit that like button on YouTube if you're watching the video there. Subscribe. That way you know when we're putting out new podcasts. Nathan, do you have anything to plug before we get out of here? Yeah, um, check out the Silver Linings playlist where we look for the silver linings and some of cinema's bleakest endings. You can find that on all podcast platforms. Uh, My other podcasts are the AIPT Comics podcast where we bring on uh, comic book uh, writers and artists and creatives and talk about their process. Uh, We also get into uh, some our favorite books of the week, do some reviews, uh, our favorite comic book art of the week, all that good stuff. And oh, that's a scary movie, which is a show I, I co-host with my friend Ashley Ashley McLaughlin from Southern Haunts. Um, we uh, just finished a whole month of our favorite slasher films and went into a uh, cozy horror month where we inadvertently ended up covering uh, three Kevin Williamson horror films. <laughs> so uh, if you want to hear what we have to say about the faculty, uh, there's a two-hour episode just about of wow. our thoughts on on that, which is a uh, which was uh, really fun to revisit. Um, And through December, we'll be covering some of our favorite Christmas horror. All right. Well, that's going to do it for this episode from Russia with love. I had a great time next, next month. We'll be back with Goldfinger until then be kind, rewind, stay shaken, never stirred. (laughs) 